Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. Just because you're able to describe something well doesn't have necessarily a whole lot to do with how well you can embody it. Easily demonstrated by the converse. Someone who can embody something really well doesn't necessarily teach it well. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. To conclude this series, I want to talk about the gradual and constant nature of learning, especially for teachers and managers. You can know a heck of a lot about something, even be considered an expert on the subject, and still be learning it. Learning is far from binary, and it doesn't serve us to think about it that way. In fact, relating to learning as something you can complete can be quite dangerous. It's cliche in some circles to say, learning never ends. But what are the pitfalls that might be causing you to stagnate in your growth? Keep listening to find out. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. Your original question a few minutes back or uh, an area of our life where we know a lot about something but haven't learned it. I, I think, I'm pretty sure I know a lot about management. <laughs> I think I know a lot about uh, the, I, the the difference between Superman and Yoda, mm. uh, as we've discussed it. Uh, asking, not telling, uh, not solving people's problems, and setting expectations with clients. I, I think I know a lot about that stuff. I I look at myself as only at the beginning of learning those things. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. I couldn't say it better. That's exactly how I'm encouraging you guys You guys to hold anything. If you do know a lot about something, stand in it. I know a lot about this. And uh, I'm still very much learning it. And you see, that's an and. I can even feel it in my own mind that it stretches something. Because there's some part of me like, what? How can you know a lot about something and still be learning it? The school doesn't teach us that. School says, you got a hundred on the test. You know it. You're done. <laughs> it's no wonder we forget it all, all that stuff we learned. Not just because it's useless, but because we never really learned it in the first place. Hmm. You know, I heard a, a memory expert once said, it's not that you forgot the person's name. You never learned it in the first place. <laughs> totally true. Yeah, that's because that, that, that's a rigorous explanation. When you learn, I've been studying a little bit here and there, memorization techniques and, and, and learning styles. And that's a rigorous way of actually describing what goes on. You don't forget information. 
You just didn't learn it in the first place. And so said, apply to what we've been talking about. If you're trying to change a behavior and you know a lot about it, cash flow management or, you know, how to manage people or whatever. And, uh, you know, someone walks into your office and asks you a question and you miss the opportunity to ask it back to them and give them the answer. And then they walk out of the office. You could say, oh, I forgot to ask the open-ended question. I didn't use what I learned. Okay. That's one way of framing it. Another way of framing it is you haven't learned it yet. (laughs) See, to me, the, oh, I haven't learned it yet calls me forth to, it makes me hungrier. You know, like in music, this is a big one in practicing music. You know, it's like, um, you can learn a scale, but to be able to actually improvise with that scale, when there's three other instruments playing and you've got a tempo to keep, you know, you'll, you'll find out very quickly how well, you know, that scale when called to apply it in that moment, right? You may be able to play it great with a metronome when there's nothing going on. And then suddenly you're jamming with some other people and you know, you know, you're listening to all this stuff and it just falls apart. That's the feedback. Oh, I actually don't know it. Like I thought I did. Cool. Now I know what to practice. You know, it, it gives you information. As long as you don't beat yourself up about that. Which would be not productive and not true that you're a bad person or something because you don't know something. That's not true. Or that you should have learned it already according to who or what. Is there a calendar somewhere written in stone? I beat myself with that stick a lot. Yeah. That's actually a way to let yourself off the hook. You guys track that? The, The inner critic, that's the ruse of the inner critic because it's a way of I'll talk about this in, I I think I know what the course after the how to manage course is going to be. And it's going to go into things like the guilt, shame, remorse, regret, all these pieces that I've talked about before. I'm also going to um, put in the book. I'm thinking about planning to write this year, (laughs) beginning in the second quarter. I hope maybe, I don't know. I really want to. That's exactly where I'm at with it right now strong intention and the beginnings of a plan. But the because the essence of self-management always comes down to shame, remorse, regret, how you treat yourself. And the um, beating yourself up for something is a way of paying off a perceived debt to make yourself feel better. Like, have you ever done something and then felt bad about it and then told yourself, well, at least I felt bad about it, so it's okay? (laughs) That's it. That's guilt. It's a form of guilt. It's a way of energetically or energetically emotionally paying off something. It's because it's an expression of conscience. Conscience is the essence. Oh, I did something bad. I know I did something bad. And then you think, well, I could apologize to the person or do something to make it right. No, I'll just feel bad about it. That's enough. Right? We tell ourselves. And then you feel better because you feel bad. You felt bad about it. Like as if you served some time. Right? That's, I mean, that's how our penal system works. Like you did something wrong. 
you need to go in a room for 10 years and you have some of your privileges taken away from you. And then when you served your time, whatever that means, Paid your debt paid, to society. Paid your debt to society. If, boy, I can't think of some better stock language than that. Paid, paid, your debt, paid your debt to society, right? You've served your time. Now you can come out because you must have learned something. <laughs> you see, there's the learning thing again. Do they even have to pass a <laughs> test while they go before the parole board? Do you feel you've changed? Oh, yes, very much. Well, did they like give them an opportunity where they, you know, walk into a, you know, adultery in progress and see if they commit murder again? Like, how do they, how do they know? No wonder the recidivism rates are what they are. You know, I forget, but it's a lot. It's at least thirty percent, maybe fifty percent. People do stuff again. Well, obviously, they haven't learned something. Wait, you mean putting people in a cage for ten years doesn't teach them anything? Wow. Astounding. They, 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 they learn even less than you learn in school. <laughs> At least in school, there's a teacher giving you facts all day while you're in the box. But in prison, you're just in the box. Right. There's a library in case you want to do your own learning of own knowledge harvesting. Yeah, it's shocking. There's no learning. But if they were really spending their time learning, then how would we get all that free labor? Oh, please. <laughs> yeah. So we can't make cigarettes illegal. You know, what would we do with all that tax money? I'm not saying, I don't know if it should be illegal or not. I'm just talking about stuff. So how does this, how does this apply to you? We got eight more minutes. I had, I, I'm, I had a light bulb go off about my, my shadow and how it shows up around the, that learning process. I'm mm-hmm. speaking to what Kurt was saying about teaching when you learning learning when you're teaching and I feel like I have had this story about not wanting to share and teach for fear of somebody thinking who am I to know to teach this I mean mm. speaking especially things that are a little bit more esoteric and I'm realizing that vulnerability and being showing up anyway and being honest about that is the key through that. And I'm and just, it's just kind of unfolding for me right now. It's like, there's a little bit of freedom there that I'm kind of excited to explore. Cool. That's, that is exciting. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I want to, thanks for bringing that up. Cause I didn't really address it all the way before the, the, and I know um, Peter's talked about this as well in the past, the integrity issue of like, well, do I really have the mm, credibility or rights to teach this when I don't embody it myself? And I love for the first thing when you notice that thought is just to pat yourself on the back on the back because that's integrity. That's great. It's terrific that it's there. And I'll tell you the way I hold it is that being able to talk about something and teach it and being able to embody it are two completely different, largely unrelated things. Just because you're able to describe something well or reach somebody with some information or teaching or awareness or whatever, doesn't have necessarily a whole lot to do with how well you can embody it. Easily demonstrated by the converse. Someone who can embody something really well doesn't necessarily teach it well. Right? I once followed around a plumber in my house who was doing some work and he was incredibly skilled, but he couldn't describe what he was doing to save his life. 
I was asking questions. Well, why do you do that instead of that? And could you use that? And, and eventually I gave up because he couldn't teach it. He couldn't explain it. But that's fine. I didn't hire him as a plumbing teacher. I hired him as a plumber, right? So by the same token, if you're hiring a teacher to teach you stuff, how much should you expect that they actually embody it? Of course, it would be ideal if it were 100, be 100%, just the same way as if the plumber were a great plumber teacher too. So to me, the only problem happens is when the teacher pretends to embody more than they actually do, which is why I tell you about my difficulties with my parents sometimes. <laughs> because if I could completely embody the teachings of clear and open, I wouldn't have problems like that. I'm a student of clear and open just like you guys are, mostly the open part. <laughs> the clear part I don't have a problem with. So, so I work on it too. So what you're saying is part of the credibility in those situations is that is it comes from the owning the fact that we're still learning this ourselves. Yeah. And when you're managing someone, just like you know, when I'm teaching you guys, I spend five percent of the time, maybe it depends on the moment or whatever revealing my own vulnerabilities and adequacies where I'm struggling with it. Because in the role that I'm in, it's about serving you guys. So as much as possible, I'm supposed to make it about you. Now, a shadow can grab that and run with it and start to run some kind of arrogant ivory tower, I've got it all together thing. And you know, inevitably, you just have to work that out. Because any teacher, the power inevitably goes to your head. You know, and then you just have to fix that. Life will sort that out for you. I can't tell you how many times life has showed me where I didn't get what I taught. But, you know, most of the time when I'm teaching, I'd say about a third of the time, there's another part of me going, oh boy, I hope you're listening to this because this is really useful. <laughs> I mean, it literally is like being two different people. And the more I teach the more it seems to kind of separate in a way where there's the guy who is the, dis- the good describer of universal principles. And then there's the other guy who's like, wow, this is good stuff. I should really be paying attention. And I don't have a need. I used to, I definitely used to have a need that the, the shadow wants to go, oh, look how good you are at describing all this stuff. You must really get it. You see? That's the same thing we've been talking about. Oh, you can talk all these brilliant words about these things. And if you sound really smart, you must embody it all the way, you know, like school taught us. And that's, that, that humility took me about mm, 13 years to learn. It wasn't until the last couple of years where I started to go, hmm, I know all this stuff, but this aspect of my life is a total mess. So there's a difference. That's the embodiment gap. So in other words, just get that when you're in the teacher role, your role is to teach, not embody. Your embodiment in your own integrity ought to be your work. You know, it's like you can't let yourself off on the, off the hook either. You know, it's like when I get up in the morning and I'm sleepy and want to stay in bed another hour and I think, well, my schedule is half hour meditation and a half hour yoga it definitely occurs to me, hey, what kind of teacher are you about the morning routine if you don't do it? And that helps me get my ass out of bed, right? 
In other words, I'm, I'm listening too. So when you, the cool thing about teaching is you're inevitably going to be talking to yourself as well. So listen, <clears throat> but telling yourself, well, I have no right to tell somebody yada, yada, because I have trouble with it too. Okay, fine. Then wait until you have no trouble. <laughs> so, well, I mean, but feeling hypocritical, I guess, is part of the process then. Yeah. I mean, I'd say who feels hypocritical and why? That's I mean, I, okay. So, um, speaking of clarity, it's something I've been working on since I woke up to that I have an issue with it and pointed out by you and some other people. And, but now I see it everywhere. I see, you know, my whole family, they're so vague when they have any kind of discussion or email or text messaging. But then I see it, I'm seeing it everywhere else now just in communication with businesses and other people I, you know, individuals I do business with or whatever. Mm -hmm. So if I'm seeing it, it like, you know, what Tiffany said, I'm, I must be more aware of it, but yet I'll send a text message out by six o'clock this evening that requires follow-up, you know, unneeded follow-up by the people that are receiving it because I wasn't clear enough mm -hmm. to begin with. Okay. Both of those are true. So it's okay to keep on going. Uh -huh. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, really like ask yourself under what circumstances would you have to disqualify yourself from espousing a principle or a truth because you don't embody it well enough? Well, it just sucks to be um, expecting clarity from in communication, uh, email or whatever. But yet, then I communicate something. It's not clear, and they call oh, me. I yes, th that's it. The you had me at it sucks. Yes, it sucks to teach stuff that you don't yet fully embody. Yeah, welcome to my world. <laughs> I have to go easier on myself because there's a part of me that's like, oh, look at Mister Clear and Open. How well are you managing your time today? I, shut up. I'm detoxing from caffeine. You know, I, I'm giving myself a break through January, you know, like, so that it sucks. That's the thing you face because that's the pain that will actually help drive you. You see? Mm -hmm. Yes. Use it. Use it. That's okay. exactly right. Because yeah, when you're, because the more you talk about it, your people will hold you accountable to it. Use the force, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> It commands you, yet it obeys you. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that clear and open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app view the full description of the episode and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.